Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome into installment number two of the Believe in Cal podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Eaton. Back here with uh, with Jeff MacArthur, and uh, you are you listen to Believe in Cal on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area. We believe in our teams. Do you believe, Jeff? I don't know if many people believed what happened on Saturday night up there in uh, in Seattle, but uh, but the Cal Bears marched up to face a, a ranked Washington Huskies team and pulled off the twenty to nineteen victory. It was a really interesting game. There was some weather delays. There was some up and down play. Um, overall, man, it was a it was an interesting Saturday night. But uh, not sure many people believed that uh, that that Cal would pull it off. I think we knew that uh, uh, we knew Evan Weaver believed. Uh, but Jeff, what were your thoughts on uh, on watching the game on Saturday night? Well, um, the I, I didn't anticipate that delay at all. Uh, the lightning delay really really put a damper on things. But but for the most part. I wasn't shocked or surprised that our Golden Bears went out there and got the W. Um, look how we played against them last year, and uh, it just there's something about when a team has enough history and and uh, they have the that that coaching tree and there's so many similarities. Usually those make for good games, and uh, and you know yesterday was really good no match. doubt. I mean, obviously the the game got off to a really interesting start, right? So kicks off, uh, you know, teams are feeling each other out, and then bang, no pun intended, I guess, uh, lightning delay. And all of a sudden, you know, guys are running off the field and, you know, on the broadcast, they were kind of speculating what was happening. You saw some of the lightning on the on the pictures. And so that, that's got to be a weird feeling. But, you know, you and I were talking before the show and you actually mentioned this reminds you of of a game you played back in your career. Um, so I think it was the 03 Oregon game um, and kind of how that how the delay started off there and how you guys used that to kind of galvanize you for uh, for that victory that day. Yeah, it um, it was it was definitely a a memorable experience yesterday. It took me back to that Oregon game, and uh, like I said before, similar situation where you've got Coach Tedford. He had, he was the offensive coordinator at Oregon the year before, so this was our first team having Coach Tedford as our head coach playing against Oregon. Uh, so emotions were high, and it was um, definitely an exciting game. But the power outage came out of nowhere. And uh, sure enough, it was right as we were getting a little momentum and we started to develop a, a nice rhythm and flow with our offense. So, um, you know, I, obviously conspiracy theorists would always say that they were trying to take us out of our game and, and mess up our, our tempo. But, um, you know, I don't know. We ended up losing that game. It was a close game. Um, but, you know, I, I like what a lot of people were saying about Coach, Coach Peterson. He didn't make any excuses, um, and he said Cal played a better game. So I'd have to say that that's what happened with the Oregon game. Well, take us back to to the locker room for a second, just inside. So as a player, you get warmed up. You you know, you're you're hyped up. You're ready to go. You know, for Cal, this is the first big road game of the year. Obviously, it's against a tough opponent, a rivalry. You're all jacked up. Your nerves are high. You're probably sweating. You're anxious. You get out there. You get hit a couple times, and then bang, you're off the field. What's that like in the locker room? What, what are guys doing to keep themselves kind of ready? What are coaches saying? Kind of take us inside there and uh, give us a little little, uh, little inside info on what's going on, you think, and uh, once the teams came off the field. Well, it was really difficult for, our, for us at that time to gauge when we were going to be allowed to play again. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't, you know, at least yesterday, the guys knew they had a 30-minute window before they can hit the field again, and every time Lightning would hit, they'd have 30 more minutes. But – uh, we had no idea when we would be able to go back out, so it was really hard to 
to manage our emotions and our and our you know even staying warm. We didn't know when to warm up or, or when we would be let back out on the field. So uh, that was really difficult. But we we had a lot of um, a lot of players that knew how to keep themselves composed and stay poised through it all. But I think this year uh, this year's Cal team is probably more prepared to handle things like that than than that team in 03, just because Tedford was only there for two years. And uh, I think Coach Coach uh, Coach Wilcox has done an excellent job at, at getting his players to buy into the to the mentality of um, doing what's in your control, not worrying about outside forces or, or making excuses. So um, I think this team that we have right now at Cal is, is more equipped to handle something like that. Well, it certainly showed on the field. So logistically, they, they wait out the, the time delay. So it was supposed to be a 730 uh, Pacific uh, time kick. Didn't end up getting back in the field to about ten thirty when it was all said and done. So a bunch of time had had elapsed, obviously. But uh, but we're gonna break the game down a little differently than we did last week. So let's start here again. We, we kind of spoiler alert. We know what happened. Uh, we know Cal came up twenty one nineteen on the victory side. But let's talk a little bit about why and, and what we saw. You know, and let's do it the two different ways here. Let's start. Let's start with the good, Jeff. So I want to kind of break down the things that we both saw and experienced in the game that we thought were really good. Some of the positives. Uh, the key takeaways from that perspective. So I'll let you go first. Give me one of your, uh, your, your key positives, your key good takeaways from the game. Um, well, there was a lot, a lot of things that, uh, that I liked out there this week, but um, the, the thing I think that cost my, caught my attention the most was our final drive. Um, that was just, for me, it was, um, I was impressed with Chase Garbers and his ability to keep himself under, under control and stay poised and, and to lead our, our team down to a victory against a ranked opponent. Uh, it's never easy to do, especially playing away. And I know that most of um, UW's fans left, uh, but still in that kind of environment to go down and, and, and get get a score when we needed it for the win, um, that was probably the most impressive thing I took away from the game. Yeah, I mean, that was something I think, uh, you know, would it be fair to say that that as a, as a Cal fan, um, as much as, you know, you, you just got to ride and die for your team, would it be fair to say that you weren't sure, or not you personally, but just Cal fans in general weren't sure if he had that in him? You know, there's been a, a lot of debate and doubt when it comes to Chase and his ability to lead the team. And uh, so I, I, I understand why people would have um, be reserved to think that he could pull it off. But um, he's got guts. He's done it a lot of times in some tight situations and, and uh, under the gun. So um, I believe because he beat him last year. So that was enough for me to believe. Yeah, I also thought his teammates responded to him really well. You could kind of tell there was a there was kind of a calmness about him. I mean, you know, for for how uneven some of the first half was, and again, that's not all on him. And we'll get into that in a second. You know, there seemed to be a calmness about him. You know, uh, he got in the huddle. I mean, he was kind of smooth in and out of the huddle. Um, you know, he seemed to be just kind of calm, almost to your point, like, hey, I, I've 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 been here before. I've done this before. Have you seen that take place before? Where you know it's such a such a high pressure situation that it almost calms a guy down more than it sort of jacks him up. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's certain people that are very prepared for for those type of situations and those environments, and I think that he really responds well to the the tight environments. Uh, you look at his little brother; his brother's committed to Washington, and uh, they kind of got a little friendly back and forth thing going before the game, where his brother said, "I don't care who Washington's playing; I'm always going to root for the Huskies," um, and he didn't care that it was his brother, right? So. Uh, if you grow up in a competitive environment and your household is built like that, I think that's a good sign for a, for a guy going with, you know, he's not worried about anything. He's going to go out and compete and win. 
One of my keys of the game, one of my key takeaways, it, it, it sounds kind of cliche, so I, I apologize to all the, all the folks who aren't uh, big cliche fans, but um, you know, when you're going to go and you're going to play a ranked team, you're going to play on the road in a hostile environment, you, know, you, you can't do two things. You can't shoot yourself in the foot, you can't make mistakes, and you, and you really can't turn the football over, and, and you, kinda, you have to win the turnover battle. Uh, so think of it this way. So Cal forced two turnovers. So they had one forced fumble and just a gorgeous interception by Cameron Bynum. I think, Jeff, he looked like he was running that route rather than the oh. receiver. I mean, that was that was just a, that was a beautiful interception. It was so impressive. He's uh, each week. He just does something that, that continue continues to wow me. So two turnovers, again, forced fumble and an interception. The ball was out two other times as well. Uh, Cal didn't get on those too. But uh, so, you know, certainly winning the turnover battle is huge. And obviously there was no turnovers on, on the Cal side. So Chase was clean with the ball, running backs, receivers, no fumbles, clean with the ball. Uh, so that that's a big key. But it's also not shooting yourselves in the foot. I know Cal had some really, um, I don't know what to call them sloppy. I'm not sure the word I would use, uh, just, just bad penalties early. Uh, but when it came late, it was Washington who shot themselves in the foot. They had a late pass interference call on that last drive. And, and that's kind of a good recipe for success. If you're going to beat a ranked team on the road, hostile crowd, even though, to your point, I know some folks had left, you, you can't make mistakes. You can't shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, and, and when you look at back of the game now and you, 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 know, you look at the stats and you see what happened, it's not surprising that, that Cal took that one down. Um, again, two turnovers forced, none given up. Um, Jeff, I thought that was huge that uh, – you know, Cal won that battle and also didn't shoot themselves in the foot and played composed down the stretch when they needed it most. I agree 100% with you. I think um, that's a big emphasis for our team. Uh, Coach Coach Wilcox is, is always well aware of the turnover margin and trying to win that battle. So um, I look for improvement every week, and that's something we, we clearly improved on. So I was happy with that. All right, how about for you? Anything else that stood out for you? Any uh, Any positives from the game? Well, one of the, one of my favorite plays, I'll be honest, was uh, it was I don't know if it was the first or second touchdown by Dancy, but uh, it was the one where where um, he ended up going right and bouncing back left, and Garbers actually uh, escorted him in the end zone with a nice block on, on their starting free safety, um, and he didn't just block the guy and get in his way; he actually put him on the ground. So, uh, whenever I see a quarterback of position that's supposed to be considered. Um, you know, kind of prestigious and doesn't really get too dirty. When I see a quarterback going out there, putting his body on the line for his teammate, um, I know exactly what kind of guy he is, and that that makes me proud. So um, that was really, really, really exciting for me. Yeah, that was a, that was a sweet block. What do you, as a as an offensive player, as a receiver, what do you do when you see your quarterback declete a guy like that? Do you go back? You jump it up and down? I mean, what do you what do you say to, <laughs> to QBs after that? Well, I mean, you get hype. Obviously, you go up to him and shake his hand, tell him good job, high five or whatever, but. I probably would tell my quarterback to, to just be careful because I don't want him <laughs> getting out of this game or we, we need him. So, you know, be smart. I, I like the block, but I, I like the throws better. So save yourself, buddy. <laughs> well, you mentioned so the thing. I, uh, another thing I wrote down as a, as a positive for me, what was Marcel Dancy in that third quarter in particular? So we had two touchdowns. You know, the first drive, the first of the touchdown drives, he ripped off two huge runs. He had one of 23 and then the one for 20 for the touchdown. And then you just mentioned the last one there in the last TD. Uh, he had a, he had a 11 yard strike early in that drive, capped it off with the eight yard run. And let's not forget uh, Chris Brown Jr. He ripped off a 21 yard run on that one as well. Uh, it just seemed like the running game was really clicking there second half. And you mentioned it last week, and you, you kind of said, "Hey, Chris Brown Jr. was phenomenal," but you felt like Dancy had some explosion uh, in him, and you want to kind of see how those two guys would would kind of play off each other. You kind of saw it manifest itself there on the on those two drives, really that last one that led to the the second Dancy touchdown. How pleased were you to kind of see the way that those two guys were being kind of switched in and out, and sort of the the change of pace that they were both bringing to the game? 
I love it. I, I enjoy I enjoy the change of tempo. I think uh, they got a nice little thunder and lightning thing going there, no pun intended. But um, I, I really enjoy seeing our team um, just use different weapons and get other guys involved. The more we can do, the better we'll be overall. And um, it's fun when other people can get involved. So he's a good good running back, scholarship athlete, and, and uh, he can make plays too. So it was good to see him, see him uh, open it up. Can you break down quickly the difference in their running styles? I, I know they're, you know, they're they're built a little differently, but uh, can you kind of break down the the differences in their running styles if you as you've kind of seen them now evolve these last couple of games? Well, yeah, I feel like uh, Chris is a true power back. I feel like once he gets his momentum going, it's just really hard to take him down. He's always going to fall forward on his runs, and uh, like I said, he's got a, a good sense of balance for a guy to be that big, um, very nimble to be that big. But for the most part, he's our power back, uh, and a guy like Dancy, he's got enough quickness where he can get in those holes and, and change direction pretty quick. He seemed to, he has a lot of natural instincts that I like um, just, you know, kind of feels what's going on around him. Spin moves happen naturally. So uh, I, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much my assessment on those guys. Yeah. It's, you mentioned Dancy on that, on, on that last TD, it looked like that was probably a, an inside run. looks like he bounced that to the outside, which, which is kind of what, what made Chase sort of the lead blocker by default there. Uh, but he kind of had that one cut and go. He, he kind of read the outside there and took it to the, took it to the edge. Uh, so he definitely seems like the kind of guy who can, you know, put his foot in the ground, make a cut, and, and get upfield in a hurry. And, and I think if you, if you take that, you can pile that with what you get from Chris Brown Jr. You think these guys can sort of keep up that one-two punch throughout the season? Do you think there's any, any kind of slowing that down um, from a defensive standpoint? No, I don't. I don't. I think uh, the one key element that we're kind of missing on this is there's one, two, and a three punch. The three punch would be our quarterback, Chase Garbers. He's 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 been a consistent threat on the ground for us for a while now. And I think um, now that I'm starting to see this offense click a little, uh, he's kind of that, that, that part that kind of people don't really – I guess we're used to seeing quarterbacks, in, in, at least at Cal, uh, more of a pocket passer type guy who's going to – or not pocket passer, but just a, a true passer. Uh, we've never had really a guy who was a, a dual threat, and, and Goff was a dual threat also, but he was a, he was going to shoot first. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see to see this offense click and grow together. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Well, you mentioned Chase. The other the other element I saw that I thought was a really positive, a good takeaway from this game, and again, you know, uneven performance, perhaps if that's what you want to call it. I guess you could label it however you wanted to. You know, he finished the game 11 of 18. Um, you know, didn't, didn't get asked to throw the ball a ton, but that final drive, like we talked about Jeff, he, you know, he was just, he just seemed like he was locked in, uh, you know, first he had a 19 yard to, to Jordan Duncan. Yeah. Then there was the, the PI call. Then he had a 27 yard to Kakoa Crawford. Um, he seemed really locked in on that last drive. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, you know, he was kind of, you know, managing the game a little bit and then, uh, he clicked it on the, in the fourth quarter there for sure. And, uh, I think that obviously was, a uh, was key that he, he seemed to figure out the right time to turn it on and, and, you know, boy, did he ever. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, he looked under control. He looked like he knew he was, he understood what his job and, and what plays he wanted to run and how he wanted to execute them. Uh, even the pass interference, the the ball was, was pretty accurate. It was still a very catchable ball. So each throw was on the mark and, um, you know, our guys are ready to make plays. It was, it was a really good drive. I was not asking this question too. Um, what did you think of, of Coach Wilcox's game management there towards the end? Um, you know, he was he was kind of near the goal line, and I think he sort of forced Chris Peterson's hand to use some timeouts, and uh, he, he obviously set him up uh, pretty well to to kick that game winning field goal. What did you kind of make of the of the coaching battle there uh, as as Wilcox got down there and how he managed the clock? 
Uh, I, I thought he did a flawless job and, and executed well. I think, uh, like I said, our, our team is very prepared. They didn't stumble. They didn't flinch. So um, all in all, I, I think he did a tremendous job at that. I know one thing that you uh, you called out that, that was something you were really proud of was just kind of the overall mentality of the team and sort of what you saw from sort of their, their makeup and sort of the way that the, the culture is being built there. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw and sort of how, how you feel and, and, and what you what do you observe that sort of leads you to understand the way the culture and mentality is kind of forming together there with this Cal team? Yeah, it's just there's there's something about it, and, and I've been seeing this thing kind of build from time, and uh, there's just something really, really cool about the mentality that they have. And it's not even you, you back in the day, I'd probably consider it to be like a bend, but don't break attitude, but it's much more aggressive than that. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, there's something special. And I've heard a couple kids or uh, players mention it in their interviews uh, over and over again, but here's an example. Evan Weaver before the game says that we're going to go into UW stadium. We're going to beat the Washington Huskies. You have to have a certain type of mentality and it takes a certain type of preparation and a certain type of belief to go out and say something like that, given that we beat them last year. So um, that's an example of the mentality. And, uh, and I'm sure there's others, but I'm just in love with this team right now. Where does that come from? Is that a, is that a coaching thing? Is that senior leaders or just leaders on the team? I guess, you know, you, you've been on some some pretty successful teams with some some pretty big names and some some great leaders. Uh, where does that come from? Is that is that a coaching thing? Is that something that's just kind of instilled from Wilcox on down? And in, in, in my honest opinion, I, I feel like it's a combination of things. You've got the coaches, obviously, who are setting the tone um, and, and, you know, I know I know a lot of these coaches personally on the Cal staff. Uh, I know their style and their pedigree, and um, they're very good at what they do. They work extremely hard. They put in the work, uh, blue-collar guys that are going to go out there and make it happen and uh, put a lot of the responsibility on themselves to, to, to prepare and be prepared and to make sure their guys are prepared. So it starts from the top down. Um, and then the, the other part is recruiting the type of athlete that responds to that type of coaching. Um, you've got to find the right kind of character, the right type of approach uh, when you're talking about what athletes you're bringing in to play for you. And I think um, we call them cow guys, but we, we recruit a lot of good guys out there that are that are good balance of academics, athletics, and have great character. So uh, it's a combination of, of great coaches and, and, and the right players. So a lot, again, a lot of positives to to take away from from the game. But you know, obviously, it was a you know it was kind of slow to start, right? The, I think the the delay got in the way a little bit. You know, it seemed like the the guys were a little slow out of the blocks there. Um, and so, kind of flipping flipping the script here to some things that you want to clean up or you want to see them continue to to work on going forward. Um, what's something you saw in this game, Jeff, that uh, you really want them to focus on and and really think about how they clean up moving forward? Well, exactly what you just said is this: uh, we've got to come out the blocks a little faster. Um, we have a reputation now of being a second half team, and it's better to be a second half team than a no half team at all. But uh, eventually we've got to get things going and come out and be a little bit more assertive on offense. Um, now, again, it's only been two games and uh, we've had kind of a opposite spectrums. You've got, you you know, UC Davis is one type of team. Uh, Huskies are a whole another different type of team. So I guess as we continue to grow, we'll see what we really truly are. But, but right now I'd like to see us start a little faster. Um, and then the other thing that we need to probably clean up or just pay some attention to would be uh, the offensive line. Early on in that game, uh, they were getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, Garbers was sacked three times in the first 19 minutes of the game, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's just that that type of pressure makes it really, really difficult to get a rhythm. So um, 
we've got to protect the quarterback first and foremost, and then we've got to uh, to come out a little faster as a team. So put your coaching hat on for a second. What are you What are you doing to get that rhythm early on? What kind of What kind of helps with that? I think we talked about this last week, but you know, what kind of What kind of play calls? What kind of uh, you know, what kind of tempo do you want to do? What are you, what are you doing to kind of get that rhythm as, as you look forward uh, a game this upcoming weekend against North Texas? So what would you like to see them do differently coming out of the gates against North Texas? Well, I, I think uh, we've got to limit the, the, the self-inflicted injuries, the penalties and things like that. Um, and also believe in our identity, uh, trust who we are. Um, I think we're starting to establish that. I think that we're going to be uh, the type of team that'll We'll run. We'll run first, and then we'll play action after that. We'll hit some short intermediate routes, and and uh, over time we'll get some play action in there. But I think we just need to own it, and um, you know, in between owning it, we've got to not be afraid to take some chances. But um, I'm I'm okay with how we've been playing as long as we keep winning. Now, something I, I jotted down, I took note of, and it didn't really come back to be a, a fatal flaw or a crucial uh, item, but uh, you know, the, the run defense. So we give up 186 yards on the ground. Um, and then 119 to, to Salvana met alone. Um, you know, and again, it wasn't it wasn't a crucial flaw, Jeff. It wasn't something that sort of, you know, was a, obviously ultimately a, a problem. But, um, you know, for, for a team of Washington who was kind of breaking in a new back. And again, this kid, you know, this kid Ahmad is pretty good. So I don't want to make it seem like he, you know, he can't run. He's on scholarship, yeah. too. Right. But yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they lost they lost guys last year. Um, you know, that Jacob Easton didn't even run as much as I think we maybe thought he was going to. Um, but, uh, what did you think about the rush defense? That was something that at least as I, as I saw the game, I, you know, I don't know that it called out to me, but I went back and looked at the stats and looked at the tape. I was like, oh yeah, actually, I guess they did have a lot of yards on the ground. Um, but is that just something maybe in this game that you just take from Washington? You're, you're content to let them try to beat you on the ground or is there something that you think you'd be concerned about moving forward when you think about the rush defense? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I jotted that down as well too. I, I wasn't a fan of our run defense last week. Um, at times I feel like we great, we gave up too much on the ground last week to Davis and, uh, and I felt the same way this game, but uh, I kind of look at it as a, as a as an overall picture. Um, if you look at the stats, it's always it's going to look ugly if you go back and see those numbers. But uh, we were able to disrupt their rhythm, and uh, they weren't able to get a flow. I feel like if they would have ran the ball a little bit more, uh, they might have had uh, more success against us, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what's funny is again I watched it and, and it didn't call out to me. I didn't say to myself, "Oh my goodness, uh, they're they're gashing us or you know, they're just blocking us off the ball." But then you go back and look at the stats and you realize kind of how productive it was. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you wonder what the what the game plan on 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 both sides of the ball was. Obviously, Chris Peterson um, and and that side too. You know, Jacob Beeson just never seemed to get comfortable. I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't play horrible, I guess, but um, he never seemed to really get comfortable. How much of that do you attribute to the Cal defense? Um, you know, from that perspective, even though maybe the running game was clicking, um, it didn't look like he ever really settled in. Well, to play against a Cal defense right now is is intimidating. Um, our, our guys are very very. Uh, geared up and fired up they're hyped up they know they're good and everybody knows they're good it's not a secret um so they're really confident right now and it's it's intimidating to play against a very good talented um and confident defense so i could see coaches talking themselves out of things Uh, even if they were running the ball well you know i'd assume that um they're intimidated by what we can do and what we bring to the table and um i don't know i think that uh maybe easton was just um I don't know if he was overly cautious, but he seemed to prefer to take some things underneath than than, than going up top. 
Another kind of note that I wrote down that was interesting. We talked about special teams last week, kind of in a different vein, but but this week um, we give up a pretty big kick return, forty-two yard return. You know, set them up in good field position early in the game. I mean, that got cleaned up after the fact too. But um, kind of second week in a row, we had something sort of sort of blip up on special teams. You know, and again, it, it was it was obviously a situation that didn't come back to to really bite us, but. You know, successful teams, obviously, as you know, Jeff, have to win in all three phases of the game. And uh, and ultimately, when you put those together, that's how you get W's. And I think that, you know, the how, how solid the team was and the consistency is probably what didn't um, what didn't make this one a fatal one. But uh, a 42 yard return, um, you know, gave them a lot of momentum early on. Um, what did you see on that play? Or, or I guess what are your thoughts on, on how you think about special teams as kind of the, the third unit and what you know, what they can do to help, uh, you know, continue, continue to strive forward here for for winning ballgames? Yeah, no. I mean, special teams is, is is one of the most crucial crucial teams you can have out there, just because it involves uh, the ability of giving the ball to your your the opponent or receiving the ball from them, or the ability to score points. So um, it's it's an asset that we need to make sure that we keep um, in high regard. And also, uh, this is a good learning experience. It didn't come back to bite us today, but at least we're going to get better from it. And uh, I'm sure that that we'll we'll correct those issues and, and improve. Yeah, I mean, so overall, I mean, you know, look, a few things to clean up. No, you know, I don't think any team's ever put a perfect game out there, right? So, um, you know, certainly not uh, not anything that was fatal this week. But, uh, you know, I guess you balance those those things out, Jeff. And, again, you get to the, the 2019 victory. Um, you know, so let me let me have you take off your coach, your analyst hat for a second and put on your fan hat for, for just a moment, <laughs> your, your alumni hat. Um, how pumped up were you when uh, when you were, uh, I don't know, like one thirty in the morning, this thing's ending, right? Um, how pumped up were you uh, watching that thing uh, uh, end up and, and, you know, the kick goes to the uprights and see Cal win? How uh, as, as, a, as an alum, uh, as a former player, how uh, how cool was that? It, it was the best. Um, I literally was smiling and cheesing and just probably happy that I was going to be able to go to sleep, but happy to go to sleep with a W um, against, again, a, a very good opponent in Washington. These times right now for me are um, extremely valuable because I, I just I really do bleed blue and gold. Um, and I know how difficult it is to do what they're doing. Um it's not an easy place to, to get the best players in to, to come play. It's not an easy place to, to try to change the culture around. It's such a high academic institution. And so I just know uh, the work that everybody's putting in to get to this point. And I've smiled from ear to ear the entire rest. I woke up smiling still. So um, <laughs> it, it's such a great feeling to get this win. Well, some people took notice and, and maybe not enough have yet. I don't know how much this, this is important, but the AP poll came out today and, uh, and Cal's uh, kind of firmly in that others receiving votes category. I think they have the, the second most of the others receiving votes. They did appear on a, on a handful of ballots from the top 25. So they're right on the cusp of becoming a top 25 team. Can you put that in perspective for us, Jeff, how big that is? And I guess what that kind of means for sort of a, a team still, you know, uh, looking to find its identity early in the season. I, to be honest, I I have I don't care about it at all. Um, it doesn't matter to me because um, we have so much season left, and it's more. Of, I think it's it's a distraction. I think that I, I can guarantee you that Coach Wilcox has he does not worry about that and doesn't care about it. And I'm gonna follow suit. And uh, I haven't cared about it in a while. Nobody cares about Cal. When we start winning and we do well, people expect us to fall off. And um, I'm kind of numb to it at this point. And like I said, I, I, I'd probably just uh, follow suit with Coach Wilcox and, 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 uh, and company and just not worry about it. We'll earn our respect. And at the end of the season, that's when you find out who's who. Um, 
but right now it's too early to worry about that stuff. I, we're never going to get – people don't care. You know, it's scout football. we got to go out and earn it. And, and look at it. That's our motto, earn it. So um, whatever we get, we're going to go out and earn. Nobody's going to give it to us. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, as, as fans, everyone loses their ever loving mind over, you know, over the places and polls, you know, how can this team be this? And how can we be here? You know, we beat Washington yet they're still 23rd and we're not even ranked, but as a, so as a player kind of inside the, inside the facility there, is that something you guys even care about? Or do you just take the, the key uh, off your coaching staff and just kind of keep your head down and keep playing? Secretly. I mean, everybody wants to be ranked. It's validation. Um, but ultimately I can promise you that Coach Wilcox has convinced everybody that's in, in that in that locker room that it doesn't matter, and he's 100% right. All that matters is how we go out and prepare and uh, and what we do on Saturdays to, to make sure that we can keep winning games. And um, that's what you can control. You can't control the polls. Yeah, just to be factual, so, uh, so Cal has 95 votes. Uh, Iowa State has 96. They're the first two teams out. And then the 25th-ranked team, Virginia, has 122, so – Right on the doorstep there. Interestingly enough, Washington did drop to 23rd. USC off a big win uh, against the uh, the trees over there. Uh, they actually move into the 24th place right now. So uh, some interesting movement in the polls. Utah still uh, still holding in there at 11, too, from a, from a Pac-12 perspective. Oregon at 15. So uh, some interesting movement in the polls. Washington State at 20. Um, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll put it on the line this week. But before we kind of get to the upcoming game, um, yeah, I know, look, you, you, there's there's any number of, of, of guys who are on the field who make plays. Uh, and so each week, you know, we want to we both want to give out kind of a game ball. Somebody who really stood out to us, you know, could be a player, could be a coach, um, you know, somebody that, you know, um, in, in the spirit of, uh, of celebrating the, the victories and, and celebrating uh, the good plays out there. Somebody who gets a game ball each week from the Believe in Cal podcast. I know that's going to be special for somebody out there. So, uh, so Jeff, I'll let you start first. Did you have somebody that really caught your eye that, you know, if you had a game ball to give them that you would uh, you would do so? Uh, yeah, you know, this one's tough for me because uh, naturally I, I want to give it to, to Dancy. He did an excellent job coming in there. He got a couple touchdowns, uh, big runs when we needed it, and just was a, was a big spark for us. Had a great yards per carry. Uh, was somewhere like 10, 10, 10 yards per carry, something like that. So uh, he he deserves it. But I am going to consistently place our guy Chase Garbers in high regard. As long as he keeps winning us games, I'm going to keep promoting him and, and giving him incentive to to do just what he did. He came out. He, w- he was there when we needed him. He didn't turn the ball over uh, and just did a great job in the clutch. So, um, you know, I'm going to give it to Chase because – I like quarterbacks and receivers and I like running backs too, but uh, I want Chase to continue to mature and get better and and build off of this victory. That's why you're the best, Jeff. So I want people to understand this right now. Jeff is on the the Chase Garber's bandwagon early. Uh, So maybe all you, you late comers or you late adopters, uh, you can line up behind Jeff because he's been consistent in his, uh, his praise for Chase and, and not for, for who people think he should be, but for who he is right now and for the player he is too. So, uh, so you, you guys can line up behind Jeff and the Chase Garber fan club for sure. Um, one guy I'm sure that Chase is probably glad is on his team, uh, is Evan Weaver, uh, who just was, was a maniac out of his mind uh, against Washington, 19 tackles. Uh, he had two tackles for a loss. He had one forced fumble. Uh, I mean, this guy was just all over the field making plays. Um, you know, the defense obviously is stout, and there's there's any number of guys on the defense that you can name. Again, we, we talked earlier about Cameron Bynum and that, that gorgeous interception. Uh, we've talked about Ashton Davis, any number of guys that you can talk about. But I don't know, Jeff, am I wrong to think that, that Evan Weaver is kind of the heart and soul of this defense and, you know, 19 tackles and, and two for a loss and a forced fumble? Um, that kind of shows not only is he the, you know, sort of the emotional leader, but he's actually the guy out there making it happen too. 
he is the most deserving guy of the game ball. Uh, I am an offensively biased person, and I'll always admit that. So, uh, with that said, um, Evan Weaver was a man. He was a maniac. He's a man on fire. He played incredible. Um, he he set the tone early. He even gave them some locker room uh, post ups and things to put in their locker room, uh, which I wasn't necessarily a fan of, but he backed it up. So. Um, yeah, he's incredible, man. I, I think he's uh, – he reminds me a lot of Luke Keekley, and um, mm. he's, I think he's going to be very similar to, to that when it comes to getting drafted. Yeah, that's high praise, obviously. Luke, uh, Luke Keekley's had a, a great NFL career. Some injuries obviously have gotten in the way the last couple of years, but uh, I think if, if you told Evan Weaver right now he could sign up for Luke Keekley's career, I'm sure he'd probably, uh, he'd probably sign up for that all day, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, let, let's get back to that quickly. So it, it turns out well for, for Evan, but uh, he, he made the claim, right? Uh, as, as a teammate, uh, are, you, are you cool with that kind of stuff? Like if you hear a guy making, making comments like that, and, and what do you say to him after the game when it turns out he was right? Uh, well, again, uh, I guess when, when, when Coach Tepper was our coach at Cal, he, he wouldn't have been happy with that. Uh, Jeff Tepper would not have liked for Evan Weaver to say that because he's very aware that, you know, the other team's going to take that quote and post it everywhere in the locker room. Um, so we don't want to give, you know, you don't want to wake a sleeping giant. Um, you don't want to do anything like that. So, uh, but again, if, if he's mimicking or echoing his coach, and that's the mentality and the philosophy of our team right now, then by all means, then, then go out and put yourself out there because it's going to help you step up and play harder than, than go for it. So um, I'm okay with it as long as we're winning. Well, again, we, we did this, uh, this past weekend. So 2019 win over, over the Huskies up there in Seattle, uh, again, kind of a weird game with, uh, with the delays. Uh, so if you stayed up late, uh, what that thing ended like close to one thirty in the, in the morning. So if you stayed up late and watched that thing, uh, you were, you were rewarded in the end. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, a, a nice, uh, a nice statement win early in the year against a ranked opponent. Uh, and that puts, uh, that puts cows firmly on to week three. Uh, Jeff, I know you've been doing a ton of scouting in North Texas, right? I mean, I'm, they're they're big. I'm sure that you've seen a lot of their games. They're they're everywhere, right? Yeah, they are. But I, I got a yeah. little bit more than you. <laughs> I was about yeah. It. That was totally sarcasm <laughs> on my part. You'll learn. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily though, uh, ESPN exists, and they have these uh, these things called stats, and so we can at least give you some insight on on North Texas. Uh, they're one and one. They came. Uh, they came. They're coming off a loss to SMU this uh, this past weekend. Who isn't really a world beater? Uh, but they got a quarterback named Mason Fine. Uh, he's a uh, he's he's a pretty good player. He's uh, he's had a couple of good uh, uh, a good season so far. He had 31 touchdowns last year, 27 the year prior. Uh, he's had a couple of good games. He threw four touchdowns in the first game. Did not fare very well against uh, against SMU. Uh, only 53 percent completion, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, so he's uh, he's certainly a a, a talented player. Um, you know they got a couple decent running backs. So you'll see a guy named. Uh, uh, Sigurds, a guy named Tory. Those are two guys to look out for. Receivers, you got uh, you got Boosie Jr. and Darden. Uh, Darden's sort of their possession guy. Uh, Boosie sort of their deep threat. He's got four receptions for 156 yards. So clearly, he's a guy who's going deep. Uh, but uh, look, I, you never want to count these kind of things out, Jeff. Right? I mean, these guys are going to line up across the two, and you know, I say this every week. They're on scholarship too. They're they're playing hard too. So you never want to look past an opponent. But uh, you know, North Texas looks like a game that. Uh, that Cal should have the edge and the advantage going into it. Uh, and so hopefully, hopefully they can keep that rolling. And anything specific that you're looking uh, forward to, to kind of seeing as you think about week three and, and uh, what you've seen from Cal so far is they, uh, they take on the North Texas mean green, which by the way is one of the best nicknames ever mean green. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm honestly just hoping for a faster start. I don't want to wait until the second half to turn it on. 
Um, it makes my stomach hurt. I can ha- I can handle it, but I just don't like it. So if we can get out to a faster start, uh, that that'd be that'd be great. And I, I have uh, complete confidence that we'll come away with a W this game. And then, so t- t- here's a concept that the media loves, fans love. You, you hear it once a year. You hear people talk about it. Um, the the term trap game, um, where you know a team gets caught looking ahead, maybe or sort of uh, you know taking their their opponent in front of them lightly. So the following week, uh, Cal's heading out to uh, to to play Ole Miss up there at the Grove, uh, which again, Ole Miss isn't really been the team. I think that maybe they were when this was scheduled, but. Um, do you have any concerns about the sort of a trap game? Is, is that a real thing, Jeff, or is that just a concocted media creation whenever we want to try to explain a loss? No, this is human nature. You've got to understand. You know that. This is psychology. It happens every day. People overlook things and over, you know, they get more confidence than they should. And uh, it happens all the time. So uh, it's definitely not a made-up, fake, make-believe thing. Um, trap games exist, and, and this is one of them technically. However, uh, Coach Wilcox, I just I know his style. I know what he's saying, and um, he does a good job to protect his team from trap games. Let's just say that I, I have complete faith in him. He's he's we're, we'll be fine. Gotcha. Well, again, North Texas they, they throw the ball around. So um, you know, if for those for those Pac-12 fans out there, so their previous offensive coordinator was a guy named Graham Harrell, uh, who is now the uh, the offensive coordinator at. Uh, um, at USC, previously a quarterback at Texas Tech as part of that air raid system with Michael Crabtree back in the day. So, you know, they keep some of those same principles. Uh, you know, they're, they're definitely not afraid to, to chuck it around the yard a little bit. So it certainly could be an interesting, you know, dichotomy of styles. Obviously, Cal's a sort of a grinded physical running team in, in some respects, but uh, they play really well on the back end. So it certainly could be an interesting contrast of styles this week. I think it's a 130 kickoff here uh, here locally at, uh, at Cal Stadium. So, uh, should be a, should be a good one. Should be an interesting contrast of styles. Hopefully, it's a it's a nice opportunity for Cal to continue to build on uh, on the nice win this week and and not have a letdown moving forward. So, um, let's uh, let's transition quickly. So, one thing I, I love to do is uh, you know look uh, college football is fun for a lot of different reasons, Jeff. And and one of the most uh, one of the most fun things about it is you know everybody has a rival uh, and everybody dislikes their rival and every school dislikes their other rival school and uh, it's always fun to kind of go back and forth. So. Um, you know, I, I figured while we're here, while we got the time, uh, while people are listening to us, again, we appreciate you for doing that here on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, let's 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 take a little jab at our our, our neighbors uh, and our and our rivals, Jeff, the uh, the, the Cardinal, I guess, uh, or their Stanford, whatever you want to call them. Um, their mascot's a tree for reasons known only to them. I actually researched it because I was curious. And apparently, it was part of the band or something, and and it just became a good idea. I don't really know if I know the whole story, but trees, as we all know, are, you know, they're inanimate objects. And, you know, one could argue they don't really have much of a, uh, of a value in terms of, uh, you know, just thinking and intelligence. Uh, not that they don't offer a great ecosystem and all that good stuff. But anyway, a tree wouldn't be the smartest thing to be called. So each week, Jeff, I'd love for us to find a nominee for tree of the week. Somebody who just did something that was absurd, was, was idiotic, that we just thought was, was really a bad thing. Uh, and so, I know I'm prepared for a tree of the week. I don't know if I'm putting you in the spot here, but you have a nominee for a tree of the week, something you saw this past week, either related to the game or even related to the program that had you scratching your head? The the one off top, and it's, it's, I don't think it's the biggest blunder in the world, but um, I didn't know what Coach Peterson was doing at the end of the game with his timeouts. Um, I guess I read somewhere that he was, he was trying to ice our kicker at the last minute, um, and uh, he let off a significant amount of time. I think that time, you know, it would have given them a little bit more options to get down the field and prepare for a, a last chance field goal. So, um, Coach Peterson, I'm sorry, but you get the tree of the week this week for me. Yeah, I, I, that's what I said earlier. I don't know if it was a chess match and, and Coach Wilcox just kind of, 
you know, outgamed him a little bit, or if he had some strategy there, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't think he'll ever probably tell us the truth, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay in conference for tree of the week. I'm not gonna go directly related to this game, but I'm gonna stay in conference. Jeff, I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch up on some other games this past weekend, but uh, uh, Colorado, uh, one of our one of our conference mates, was uh, was in a bit of a dogfight with Nebraska. They're down seventeen nothing going into the into the second half. Uh, they're at home. Uh, Mel Tucker, new coach out of Georgia. And uh, things just aren't going well. Nebraska's got them right where they want them, right? Yep. Not so much. <laughs> so the, inexplicably, Nebraska gives up uh, gives up touchdowns, ends up in a 31-31 tie, goes to overtime, and Colorado comes out with a 34-31 victory. So uh, a, a good opportunity for a, a Pac-12 team to, to take a, an early L, and Nebraska just lets them off the hook. So uh, Nebraska and Cornhuskers and Scott Frost, you guys get my, my tree of the week. Uh, had a great opportunity to to take a a win at uh, uh, on the road against a non conference opponent and, and give an early uh, early L to one of our Pac twelve foes and they uh, they couldn't seal the deal. Jeff. That is awful. I, I didn't really follow that game, but I'm just sitting here thinking about it. And I thought I thought the the Huskies fans were pretty sick after last night, but I'm, I'm sure Nebraska's guy those those fans got to be just as sick, huh? Well, it's one of those programs. I mean, this is off topic from Cal, but it's one of those programs. Every year you have the traditional programs and, you know, it, it just takes a while before someone says, is, is program X back, right? It's, it's not Texas. It's Miami. It's, <laughs> it's Nebraska. Everyone's waiting for these programs to, to be back. Uh, Nebraska is that next one that's supposed to be back. They were in the top 25, actually. Uh, and uh, and so it's interesting. But uh, they get my tree of the week because that would have been a nice uh, a nice L in the column of a, of a Pac-12 foe. But unfortunately, um, it did not uh, it did not take place. So, yeah. All right, so let's uh, we got a little time left here, Jeff. Let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Make sure again, if you're listening to us for, for episode two, we appreciate it. Uh, look, we got a lot of nice notes and feedback from everybody after week one. So uh, thanks to everybody who took a few minutes out of your day to, to send us a nice note or send us an email or send us a, a, a tweet or, or anything like that. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, it again, it's a, it's a labor of love, and, and Jeff and I are really excited about uh, doing this each and every week. So. We appreciate it. You guys can keep helping us out. So we are now on all of your major platforms, including iTunes. And so make sure that you are uh, you're subscribing. Uh, go ahead and give us a, a rating, too. So the rating system is one to five, five being the best. Um, Jeff, I think we've earned five stars. I don't know about you, but today, I think we've earned five. I, I felt really good about today. I think we're rolling. Give us five, fellas. Come yeah. on. Give us I think we've earned five. So give us five stars and leave us a leave us a review. Let let the good folks that believe know how much you want Cal content. Uh, so again, this is episode two of, of season one of this show. Uh, let them know that you want us to stay around forever. Let them let them know that you maybe want some other Cal coverage, maybe basketball. Who knows? Uh, let them know that you uh, you're interested. So subscribe, rate, review five stars uh, and tell them uh, tell them how much you like the show and, and uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jeff at Coach MacArthur six. Uh, and you can follow uh, follow the rather regular show account at Believe in Cal on Twitter. Uh, so we put it out there this week, Jeff, for questions. Uh, so fans have a chance to interact. And each week we'll take a few questions. So we'll open the mailbag first. Uh, we've got a couple in here, Jeff. So I was trying to roll through them. This is from at, uh, at It's a Bear Raid. And he wants to know uh, what kind of adjustments you saw from the OL at halftime. Uh, and he really kind of liked the uh, the attitude these guys had and the passion they had in the second half. Yeah, no, um, I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you specifically exactly what what uh, what schematically uh, we did differently in the second half, but it, it, it just seemed to work. I think that uh, we wore down uh, the defensive line for Washington over time and um, some 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 running lanes and gaps seemed to open up. And, um, you know, it just hats off to our coaches for making those adjustments. 
We got two from uh, from our guy, uh, Petaluma Bear, and he's uh, at the number one underscore WJS. Uh, first, he wants to know, what upside do you see for the Cal offense this year? Uh, I, you know, the first thing I have to point out is that um, we have an offense and a quarterback that can go down and win us a game when we need to, especially in an, an away game, a tough environment. So uh, that's a big takeaway, and that's something that I don't take lightly because um, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have experience overcoming adversity – uh, you're eventually gonna gonna fall down. So, um, really happy to see that, and uh, just a lot of upside for our uh, our offense in general. When we needed plays, we made them, and that's a positive for me. All right, Petaluma Bear got in there with one more. Uh, so he wants to know uh, who are the D1 athletes on your squad this season. So we didn't really touch on this last week, Jeff, but maybe quickly you can kind of clue from some folks in on kind of what you're doing now. I know you're into coching, and uh, maybe this will help answer this question and include uh, the, the rest of the audience. In yeah, so I am uh, I'm currently coaching at St. Monica High School. Uh, it's in beautiful Santa Monica, California. It's uh, also where Tom Brady and Giselle got married, um, just a sidebar there, but um, really cool place to coach. I love what I'm doing over there. I'm the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach there with uh, one of my very best friends in the world. His name is Anton Clarkson. He's the son of QB quarterback guru, Steve Clarkson. Uh, and we are 3-0 and over there. As far as Division One talent, um, we have a kid currently with an offer from Utah, a very, very fast and very, very talented wide receiver DB uh, his name is Kyle Willem, Kyle Williams, and he's uh, at K Money um, on Twitter if you wanted to follow him. But he, he's a special talent. Uh, he can play for anybody in the Pac-12. Uh, right now he's got a Utah offer and a couple of other smaller schools that have offered as well. And uh, one kid that I'm really high on, uh, our, our trigger man, our quarterback, his name's Ethan Grady. He's about 6'4", uh, 210 pounds, very good, pure passer. Um, he's a 2021 kid, so he's, he's a junior right now, but uh, he's definitely a Division One caliber player. We have a couple other guys that are getting there, um, but I don't want to give them too much credit yet. So uh, yeah. if they keep working, then, then we'll, we'll get on the show later and bring them up. But for now, those are the two guys that I can say without a doubt are Division One players. I mean, Jeff is just true to form. That's the Calway, right? You got you got to earn it. You got to earn a name drop on the show. Yeah. And Jeff's not letting you on the show until you earn it. The the, the Calway. And then we had a we had a question just come in too here, Jeff. You kind of answered it, but I'll I'll read it anyway just to just to to make sure we thank this guy. So this is Mark Polk, and he's at L Hughes four. Uh, he he notes that USC is now ranked after beating Stanford, uh, but being that Cal just beat uh, Dub. Uh, who was ranked 14th, why isn't Cal ranked? So uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, Mark, if, or L. Hughes, what, I guess Mark maybe is your name. Uh, for, for Jeff and I to try to figure out the, uh, the, the, uh, the way that the AP voters vote and their, their strategy and their methodology, this would probably be a three-and-a-half-hour show. So I'm not sure we have enough time for all that because I don't think anyone quite understands that. But, but Jeff, I know earlier you said, hey, look, if, if you're a player on that team, yeah, it's cool. You want to get ranked, but you, know, you don't really care, man. you got to line up next week and play. But uh, do, you think that, do you think the guys will use that as motivation, at least seeing, hey, we didn't even get on the list after what we did? Do you think that will maybe at least give them some internal motivation in the locker room? Absolutely. They use everything for motivation. Anything that we can use to put more fuel in our tank, we're going to use it. Uh, but at the same time, I know we don't care. I know that our guys don't care. And a couple of those parents out there, and Mark, I feel for you because you know that those boys deserve it. But uh, I think you're fairly new to this Cal football family, and you'll start to realize, Mark, that nobody cares about us. And we got to just go out there and earn it. 
Well, luckily, hopefully you guys care about us. Uh, again, so episode two here, the Believe in Cal uh, football podcast, again, exclusively on the Believe Podcast Network. Again, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Twitter, Believe in Cal. Uh, follow, uh, there's, look, there's nobody better than, than Jeff at, at Cal football. I mean, you can, you can find guys who maybe are, who are smart, they know analytics, uh, but you know, no one bleeds Cal football like Jeff does. I mean, this guy's texting me all the time. Did you see this play? I, I looked at this. I was watching this. Uh, you know, he's up to one in the morning, just rooting and, and probably on the edge of his couch and uh, just enjoying that win. So uh, the only place you can hear Jeff's thoughts each and every week on the Cal game is going to be right here on the Believe in Cal podcast. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us uh, and make sure you let the good folks that believe know how much you, uh, you love the show. So until then, we will, uh, we will bid you all adieu. We appreciate you for listening in and uh, you know, again, Big one this week. Interesting game against the North Texas Mean Green, 130. So make sure you get in front of your TVs or in front of some internet or whatever it is and uh, and root on the Bears this week. And uh, until then, Jeff, I guess we'll talk next week. So I'll wrap it up with a little Go Bears. All right, Adam. Thanks. Go Bears. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.